0: Hello, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of me ranting and raving about everything. (laughs) Just kidding. Welcome back to Reform Everything, the podcast that carries on the tradition of the Reformation by looking at how we can reform, restore, and renew the world around us. I am your host, Thomas Pig. Now, I don't have a clever uh, intro today. I I had one, but I've had to re-record this like four times now, so I just cut that out. It wasn't funny anymore. (laughs) the joys of of trying to be you know, as good as possible, right? <laughs> Anyhow, moving on today, we are going to finish our three-part series looking at conspiracy theories. Now, I took these episodes in a different approach than most people who talk about conspiracies normally do. So instead of sitting in a dimly lit room, smoking DMT or you know, being a space cadet and having Jamie pull up things. Um, I've instead looked at most of these, you know, the most popular conspiracy theories and, and tried to give reasons why I do not believe that they are vast secret coverups. Uh, specifically I looked at the various motivations as well as some like bigger picture items, uh, you know, things that people talk from a, a high level, a, a really overarching level, um, you know motivations that people give behind these conspiracies, and why it really doesn't make sense for like secret government actors to perpetuate attacks on the United States on nine eleven, right? Or why it doesn't make sense for aliens to come visit Planet Earth, right? We talked about that. <laughs> um, now, in the first episode, I, I did give several examples of real one hundred percent proven conspiracies, showing that people with power do plot evil and secretive things, and that's not a joke, right? Like that's real. But they also get caught in a big way. And I think this shows us that when we're looking at these conspiracies, we can pretty be, you know, pretty well assured that we could find some proof along the way. And many times these things get busted wide open. And I don't mean, you know, the basement-made videos with edgy music that ask leading questions. No. I mean paper trails, witnesses, so on and so forth. While there are truly evil people out there that are plotting Many of them are in power, right and they're also <laughs> these people are also um many times not as careful as they think they are, and they mess up so while they may be evil plotters, most of the time they're also pretty incompetent about things. so when we examine anything, we need to make sure that there's solid evidence. in other words, I want you to show me the receipts, show me the proof I'm going to be like my biblical namesake Thomas and say, unless I see the holes and put my hands in them, right? I'm not going to believe I'm going to be the doubting Thomas. That's, that's my role right now is to to put doubt onto these stories. And I will get into the reason behind that in a little bit. Um, But if there are, you know, compelling answers to explain away, you know, some of the pieces of evidence that we come across, then we need to take them seriously. And we need to do more than just say, oh, well, you're being a sheep, you're being led astray, wake up, you know, these kind of things like that. That's not helpful in answering these conspiracies in trying to come up with the truth. So if there is compelling evidence, it really should be able to speak for itself. And we don't need to be like, oh, well, this is just a lie." like, no, we see the evidence, we follow the receipts, we follow the paper trail, we listen to the witnesses and we go from there. And I'm sorry to rant about this, but there is a really important reason why I'm doing this. Like, I get that it's fun to talk about these sorts of things, you know, let your imagination go wild, come up with crazy theories with your friends, laugh about it. Right. It's fun. I I, I get it. I I do it a lot, (laughs) but there has to come a point when we realize that what we are doing is kind of foolish. Um, far too often I have seen and experienced myself that sometimes what starts off as a joke theory, it can become a real idea for people changing their worldview. Suddenly they go from being grounded in truth to thinking that everything in the world is a lie. And this is quite dangerous, my friends. And really it's also, it's quite unbiblical to give credence to most of these conspiracy theories, these, these, things that we've been talking about. And so now I'm going to do what I should have done in the first episode. Um, I'm going to pull open some scripture just to give a a, a solid grounding uh, of showing why I think it's important to address these conspiracy theories and say, look, we've, we've got to do better. If there's something really there, let's point it out, call people out for the evil that they have done, whatever. But if you're just going to be making, silly stories up and silly myths up and can't prove anything. And it's just a a bunch of, I don't know, a a wild goose chase or whatever. Um, we need to call people out for that as well. Right. So, okay. And now we're going to, we're going to read through some letters in the new Testament. It's going to be all from Paul. And so if you want to go ahead and flip over to Ephesians chapter five, um, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, right? And this is towards the end of his letter and he is going over some things. So we're just going to go ahead and read. I think this is starting at verse one. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and start there. Okay. Be imitators of, of let me start over, <laughs> be imitators of God. Therefore, as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant, sacrificial offering to God. But among you, as is proper among the saints, There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or crude joking, which are out of character, but rather have thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, that is, an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Test and prove what pleases the Lord. And have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that is illuminated becomes of a light itself. So it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Pay careful attention, then, to how you walk. Not as unwise... But as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. That's a lot there. Right. And I I wanted to read the the full passage there because I wanted to give, make sure that there's full text, you know, context for what I'm reading and I'm not just pulling things out to try to prove a point of whatever it is I want to say. Right. So I wanted to read the full thing. So what is Paul saying here in his letter to the Ephesians? Okay. I think he's made a few points here. Some of them are going to be very spiritual. Um, but I think that we can take what is said here and apply it to what we're talking about. Um, because when we're talking about the truth, it is not—it's—it's it's spiritual, obviously, to tell the truth and to expose darkness. Um, but it also is very—what uh, would the word be? Tangible, I guess. It's very just everyday. It is physical. You should be telling the truth, not just on a spiritual basis, but like for the fact of it's good to tell the truth um, and and not to lie and to deceive people. Um, so, okay, here's what Paul is saying. This is what I'm taking from it, okay? The first is this, that we are to imitate God. God is light, so we need to be light. And light does light type of things. And light is different from darkness. Darkness does dark type of things, okay? (laughs) Right? Like, we can get that from this passage. We know that darkness and light, they cannot act like each other. They cannot coexist with each other. So, while it is a good thing and a a command even, right? To expose darkness, we cannot do so by acting like the darkness that we're trying to expose. How can darkness expose darkness? There's a lot of darkness in the world that needs to be exposed. And it needs to be exposed without us inventing new types of darkness to chase after, right? These conspiracies. We cannot partake in the same deeds of the world and, and, and try to say that we're bringing truth to the world. It's just, it's not going to work. So as Christians, we need to sit there and say, hmm. And what I and what I am spreading around is that truth, or is that darkness? Am I am I being a light, or am I spreading darkness by doing this? And I think that leads us to the second point as well. We also can I mean, we can't be liars and deceivers. Like that should be a duh thing, <laughs> but you know we cannot be liars and deceivers. Like it has to be said, um, and, and we must test everything that that is said to us that we hear, because. Not only should we not be liars and deceivers, but other people out there should not be liars and deceivers, but they are. We know that there are plenty of people who are always trying to come in to, to lie to us, to deceive us, to try to take us away from our, our inheritance in Jesus. Um, you know, but we, we, we've got to make sure that we are not acting like them and that we're not being caught up with them. Now, imagine you're listening to one of these conspiracy theories thinking that you're going to expose darkness. Rather, you're being caught up in that darkness. What is that going to do to your testimony? What is that going to do to your spiritual life? Now, in the last episode, I mentioned that, you know, quite a bit of the contemporary experiences with aliens that people claim, you know, they, they're they oftentimes um, being I I, I guess they're being experienced at the same time as these people are doing hallucinogens like DMT or or whatever else they're doing. Right. Um, Which, you know, if you go back up there, it says, do not get drunk on wine. I think that also means do not, you know, be intoxicated on anything else. I think we can take that point from Paul and not just be drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion, but don't get high. Don't, don't put yourself in a situation where you are just stoned out of your mind. Because that leads to reckless indiscretion. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So, anyways, these people, they, 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 you know, get high on DMT, or they may try other recreational drugs. Whether it's the, you know, the mushrooms that have been de-legalized, decriminalized, excuse me, in um, uh, what was it, Oregon, I believe, all these other drugs that have been de- de- uh, decriminalized in Oregon, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell people that they can't because it's legal now, so. I have no legal right to say that, but I don't think you should, especially Christians should not be doing this. Um, It just, it, it makes us be just like the world the world. Right. So these people, they're, they're, they're using these things and they are claiming sort of like spiritual out of body, out of mind, out of spirit. I don't know how to describe it, but like these like metaphysical interactions, I guess, with beings that they think are interdimensional aliens. But honestly, when you think about it, whenever you're in that state of mind, it could be demonic. And I brought this up last time, right? It's it's a very real possibility that what you're flirting with is the demonic. So if you're a Christian and you're flirting with this, trying to you know open up your third eye to see things in a new light, I'm afraid for you. I am really, truly afraid for you. You should not be doing that. You should be avoiding that at all costs. Now we can take this danger of these conspiracy theories even further, right? Because we've seen due to these crazy conspiracies, many doomsday cults that have come around. And it seems like every few years, there's a new one that's come out. Um now, some of the people who are listening to this they may not be old enough to remember nineteen ninety six I was just a kid myself, but there was a mass suicide in nineteen ninety six um I believe this was heaven's gate, and they were an alien cult. They believed that you know there was a uh, comet I think it was hill bop that was coming by, and behind the comet there was a spaceship that was hiding and so At the right moment as the comet passed, 40 people committed suicide thinking that their souls would be caught up into the spaceship and be taken away with the aliens, their true friends or saviors, or I don't know what they believed in that, in that sense, right? 40 people committed suicide together because of a conspiracy theory. But there's also, this one's more popular, so you've probably heard of this, but this happened back in the seventies. Another cult that was built on conspiratorial nonsense was the People's Temple. At first, it was you know, a pretty progressive Christian, I put that in quotes, uh, movement, and it was really heavily tied to socialism and communism. That's why I put it in quotes, because they really tied it to that. But as the movement went on further, Jim Jones, the leader, became a messiah of the people, He spouted a bunch of nonsense about the United States government being the end times antichrist and the people in the people's temple, they needed to leave because they were going to be persecuted by the government. In reality, he realized that the government was coming after him because he was leading a cult and he was leading people astray. So anyways, these people, they all fled South America. They went to Guyana um, right there in South America and they built their little town called Jonestown in the middle of the jungle. And there were some reports that came out about it, um, about there being abuse and all kinds of weird things going on there. And so a, a congressman flew down there and he was investigating. And while he was there, he was murdered. A sitting U.S. congressman was murdered by these people. And then these people not only murdered him, right? They killed themselves, 900 people, including 276 children were either murdered or committed suicide because they fell for the lies of a deceiver. They believed in some kind of conspiracy nonsense. They did. They were not rooted in truth. They were living in darkness, thinking that they were exposing darkness, but they were actually living in darkness. And they got led to a movement that took the lives of 900 people. As I was reading about this, it said that this day... Jonestown was the single greatest um, death of civilians in the United States history up until 9-11. That's crazy. That is, that's just insane. All because people fell for a lie, man. And, and look, there are deceivers all around us. And there are deceivers within the church. They're they're there trying to get us. They're deceivers on YouTube, on Facebook, and social media. They're deceivers in your friends' groups and your families. So it is imperative for us to be rooted in biblical truth. We must be surrounded by people who are rooted in biblical truth. We cannot live as the world lives. We cannot expose darkness by becoming darkness. We cannot expose deception by being deceived. All right. To further this point a little bit more, let's, let's go ahead and look at a little bit more scripture. Okay. I think this is important guys for us to to be rooted in scripture. So um, I'm not saying things on my own authority, but based off what has been said by God already. So this is Paul um, writing again, and this is to Timothy, who is one of his protege, someone that he's building into a pastor to be a pastor of a church of the, of the growing Christian community at the time. Okay. So this is what he says to uh, Timothy in his first letter. This is going to be chapter four, verses one through 11. Paul says this. Now the spirit expressly states that in later times, some will abandon the faith to follow deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons influenced by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared with a hot iron. It'll prohibit marriage and require abstinence from certain foods that God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who will believe and know the truth. For every creation of God is good, and nothing that is received with thanksgiving should be rejected because it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. By pointing out these things, brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of faith and sound instruction that you have followed. But reject irreverent, silly myths. Instead, Train yourself for godliness, for physical exercise is of limited value, but godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for the present life and for the one to come. This is a trustworthy saying, worthy of full acceptance. To this end, we labor and strive because we have set our hope on the living God, who is the savior of everyone, especially of those who believe, command and teach these things. All right, so what is Paul saying? He's not well giving us an excuse to get out of working out because it's of limited value. Physical exercise is important. You should work out. <laughs> no, he's saying this. Okay, in the last days, many, including those who are in the church or claim to be in the church, right, they have fallen for all sorts of bad teachings. And I did a, a, a recording of this um, a few you know, know weeks ago, right? False prophets, right? That that was that was the teaching I, I did that time. And um, there's there's a lot of bad teachings, like like explicitly bad blat. Uh, bad, excuse me, um, biblical teachings that are out there. And when I say biblical, I mean, these people are are, are giving a bad expose of the Bible. I should say it that way, right? They are giving a bad reading of the Bible. They are giving a bad reading of the faith. Um, and, And so there's all these bad teachers already within the church as far as teaching spiritual things. But these bad teachings go from the spiritual to like political and economic or whatever the case may be. So how do we fight against the irreverent silly myths that these people are are, are proclaiming? Well, Paul says, we follow the instructions that were set before us. That would be scripture, my friends. These are the things that were written down so that way we could teach and be taught. We train ourselves for godliness. We hold to the hope in God. And ultimately, we also command and teach these same things. So the true things that we are being taught through the scriptures, we go ahead and teach the next generation these things. We don't teach new things that lead people astray. We don't follow after silly myths. We tr- we teach the truth that has been handed down to us. To further this point, okay, in another letter, Paul's writing to another protege, Timoth, or Excuse me, Titus. So this is going to be, Uh, Titus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And again, Paul is making the same point. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, arguments, and quarrels about the law, because these things are pointless and worthless. Reject a divisive man after a first and second admonition, knowing that such a man is corrupt and sinful. He is self-condemned. So again, these myths, these false teachings, whether or not they are spiritual or if they're about 9-11 9-11 being an inside job or aliens or or whatever the case, right? If these if people within or without outside of the church, if they are teaching falsehoods, we have to reject what they are teaching. We have to hold to truth because truth is what has been given to us. These debates and ideas are worthless. Like even having the, the fun discussions ultimately at the end of the day is worthless. It has no value at all. And honestly, some most often, these things will lead to division, and repeated divisiveness with no repentance is met with con- condemnation. Now, I see many people because I spend a lot of time online, so especially online, I see many people that spell all kinds of conspiratorial nonsense, okay? Um, for example. Right now we're in the Christmas season. How many people out there are talking about Jeremiah 10 and Christmas trees being a pagan origin? Jeremiah 10 is not about Christmas trees, it's about idols. But yet these people are reading into this a conspiracy of sort that somehow I don't know, the Roman Catholic Church or Babylon or someone has, you know, changed our minds to think that it's okay to have Christmas trees and it's really pagan and we shouldn't be celebrating Christmas even though it's the birth of, you know, the celebration of the birth of Jesus, right? We shouldn't be doing it because it's pagan. And there's, they have no proof. There's no biblical text that shows that. You can fight with them about that. It's a conspiracy. They have some kind of elaborate conspiracy that they're that they're putting out there and it's foolish and there's no truth behind it. And look, if you disagree with them, if you try to have a reasonable conversation with them, they question your faith. They say, well, you're not truly saved because the text says this. No, the text does not say that. We can read the text together, but it does not say that. What you're doing is you're reading your worldview into the text. You're reading what you want to believe the text says. But when you read the text clearly, it does not say anything about Christmas trees. It does not say anything about Easter, okay? So whenever they come up at Easter time and they try to get you about Easter, don't listen to them. Whenever they try to get you about anything... Unless they can point it out specifically in the context of Scripture, like in proper context, and you guys are sitting down talking together, having other believers given their, their views and everything like that, what is, what have church historians said about it, what have other theologians said about it, and you're, you're going through it together prayerfully, right? Unless you're doing that, you're only meeting with people, like in, in, in they're being divisive. Okay? That's all they care about. They just want to be right. You're wrong. Everyone else is wrong. Everyone that does not agree with them, no matter how many degrees they have? No matter how much logic they make, um, they're they're wrong. They're evil. They're they you know they're part of the Babylonian system. You know they're Pharisees, whatever. Right? People throw everything out there because all they care about is divisiveness. And the reality is this, okay? According to God, who authored the scriptures, here in Titus chapter three verses nine and ten, what does it say? These divisive people who hold to these foolish controversies, they are corrupt. They are sinful and they are condemned. Now, I do not want that for myself. I do not want that for you. That is why I am trying to to give us a framework so that way we can look at these ideas that the world is coming up with and rightfully divide them. So as I've done with previous episodes, I'm going to show you one more time how I handle conspiracies as a, as a believer. Okay. And this is not a foolproof way. And it's not explicitly commanded anywhere in the scriptures. Like there's, you know, it's not first Thomas. This is how you handle conspiracy theorists, right? Like, no, that, that that's not the thing. This is just a manner that I feel has helped me expose darkness and find light in the truth. So I'm going to once more take a look at a popular conspiracy and test it. And if when I test it, it holds up, then I will accept that there may be some merit to it. And, you know, I will further discuss these things with other people and see what they think. Okay. But if I test it and I come off shaky and I'm finding a lot of loopholes in it, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, this is most likely untrue. And unless there is some sort of like, you know, like life shattering discovery some sort of evidence like that, just comes in and completely disproves everything I've said. It's most likely not correct. And I should just go ahead and put it in the dustbin and, and ignore it and move on from it. So, today, I am going to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm going to admit that this has been a hard one for me to get into, because I admit that I have some reservations about some things. Um, I'm going to be honest about them, I'm going to explain why I have some concerns, and I'm going to explore them a little bit, get them out there, just just to let you know where I'm coming from. Ultimately, I'm going to do what I did in the other episodes, and I'm also going to look and see if there are any motivations to prove a conspiracy for a quote-unquote pandemic, right? So That somehow COVID-19 was planned by a government somewhere to do XYZ. But also, something I think is very important, I want to look and see if there are any motivations for people who are currently pushing these conspiracy narratives. So, what about, and I did not do this in the last episodes. I should have done this in the previous episodes, but I did not. But what about those people who are pushing really hard against you know, vaccines or against medical help or whatever, right? May they have um, some motivations to push these conspiracies, okay? That's what I want to do in this episode. So with all of that in mind, let's do it. So I don't think I have to give too much of an explanation regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. It is a reality that all of us have had to live with in the last year. But for the sake of clarity, I do want to give a few basic details. So SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 was first objectively observed in December 2019 in Wuhan, China. Over the next couple of months, tens of thousands in Wuhan would get sick and thousands more would die. The news here in the US briefly discussed it, you know, in December, January, but the majority of people believed it really wasn't a danger to us. In fact, I remember many people on my own like social media timelines saying things like, oh, don't worry, it's not going to be very likely that we'll see it here. Even if it comes here, you're not likely to get it. It's not going to be any worse than the flu. Make sure to get your flu shot, yada, 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 right? Ironically enough, a lot of these people changed their mind as time went on <laughs> and now would not agree with any things that they said before, but that's beside the point. Uh, Now, this was repeated on news and social media until cases started in like Italy and France, Um, and the situation kind of grew out of control in those places. And then those cases started to show up here too, right? I think our first case was late January, Um, but then quickly we started getting cases February and into March, right? um it was isolated at first you know from the west coast but then moved to new york and the cases skyrocketed from there the first quarantine i believe was new rochelle remember they were on the news they're talking about how there was a one mile it wasn't really necessarily a quarantine but there was a one mile radius around new rochelle where people were not allowed to go in or out right it was i guess quarantine i don't know um but anyway soon after that um Cases just exploded all across the U.S. and the entire world. There were closures, mask mandates, stay-at-home orders to follow most of those which are continuing until this day. As of this recording, 1.66 million people around the world have died from COVID-19 or complications related to it. About 75 million people have definitively been affected by the virus around the world. In the U.S., we are up to about 17 million known infected and 310,000 dead. So that's as of today, December 17th now in no uncertain terms, this has been a health crisis unlike anything that like most if not all of us have seen in our lifetimes and that doesn't even get into the economic toll millions without jobs, total industries coming to a screeching halt or disappearing. the developing world, which you know in the last few decades has jumped bounds and leaps in reducing poverty, they've been sent back decades with now tens of millions. In the developing world, on the brink of starvation, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. I think this is going to be remembered in history as a time, sort of like the Little Ice Age or the Bronze Age collapse or the Great Depression. These are all mega, super important times within our history where the world just went through a massive change. We're going through a fundamental change right now, and it's only going to continue changing as we go on. The world that we knew is, is is no longer. We are living in a new world. It's not the new normal because it's continually evolving. So there's going to be one day a new normal after we get past this, but we're on our way there, right? Like It's already changed so much since December of last year. And then I would imagine five years from now, December of five years from now, it's going to be completely different from what we are even experiencing today. And I think it is because of this level of chaos that people have returned to good old reliable. That is conspiracy theories. I mentioned previously that one of the biggest uh, reasons for people being in conspiracy theories is because they don't like chaos. They would rather have the idea of a world full of people who are evil that are plotting Orderly things because it gives them some sort of comfort rather than just a world full of chaos, right? No one really wants to believe that we want to that we that we live in a chaotic world that we can't control many of the circumstances around us and you know things are just out of our hands sometimes. That's why you know some of the earliest theories they came out pretty quickly regarding this virus. You know, I think one of the first ones was stating that it was a biological weapon that was released intentionally or not by the Chinese. You know, there was a a lab in Wuhan that, um, you know, supposedly had all these biological uh, agents and this got out somehow and, and, and spread and, Whatever. Right. After a few weeks, maybe a month or so after that spreading around social media and even I I think maybe the president started mentioning. I forget now. He says so much. I, I try not to listen to any of it, but he says so much that he probably said something about it. But anyways, the Chinese eventually came around and said, oh, no, this isn't a weapon that we created. This is a weapon created by the Americans. In either case, I don't think that that's the case, but I can understand why it was a popular theory. I even held to it at the time. And the reality is that it honestly is not outside of the realm of possibility. However, I do think it is more unlikely, you know, now that I, under, you know, now that I understand things, I think it's more unlikely than what I once believed. I, I believe that there is now a lot more suggestive evidence to put it to rest. For example, just if we were to look at the motivations, right? That's something I think is a very good thing to do. Okay, and we're going to be doing it throughout this. But anyway, if the Chinese created it, why would they want to use it on their own people, right? Why Wuhan? If they were wanting to cause economic toil in the U.S., then why not directly release it in the U.S.? And I'm not saying dropping a bomb with this disease on it to, uh, to do this, right? No, I mean like you could do something spy related, and the Chinese actually are pretty good at being spies. We just found out recently about the Chinese spy who was sleeping with the congressman from California as well as several mayors throughout the country, getting information from these people. Um, The Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated universities, pharmaceuticals, the media, businesses, so on and so forth. They have known party members in all of these areas. So they're quite capable of being top-notch spies. So if they wanted to release it and, and do damage to the U.S. because we're their number one geopolitical foe, then why not just go ahead and do it here? cause uber amounts of damage to the U S and not to their own people, you know, by their own accounts, what tens or if not hundreds of thousands of people died in, in China from this disease. Um, so why would they release it on their own people? Now, some of you say, well, you know, there are people within their country that, th- that are dissidents. Okay. So why release it in, first off in Wuhan? Like that was like the worst hit central location. Why not release it on the, the Uyghurs, you know, in in, um, Western uh, China, why not release it on the Taiwanese dissidents? These seem like much more likely targets if the Chinese wanted to inflict damage on their own citizens, because these are people who are rebels and they're already dealing with harshly. So why not release the virus on them directly instead of on their own people in the mainland? It doesn't make sense. Right, But I, I'm getting ahead of myself here. We're talking about motivations. We'll talk more about motivations at the end of this episode. But since I already gave kind of one example of a conspiracy that I was temporarily willing to believe, I might as well go ahead and touch on some of the current things that bother me about this virus, about this whole, not just the virus, but about the whole situation. Um, one might assume that because I bring these up that I am trying to get into a conspiracy narrative, and that's actually not the case. Um, because I'm quite open to new information that would lead me away from that. In fact, I'm trying to, um, look at these from a very objective perspective, looking at different new sources and trying to avoid the conspiracy narrative. But these are still things that have kind of bothered me because I don't find good answers for them, you know, at, at this point. And maybe that'll change. Maybe it'll be next year or maybe years down the road. Maybe I'll look back and say, oh, well, I was stupid for thinking of that, but you know, for the, for the time being, this is the stuff that kind of bothers me. So the first thing that has bothered me for a while has been this mask situation. And I am not one who has been against wearing masks. I wear it as I should whenever I go out, if I'm in the store, it's on. If I am coming across people on trails, I put it on, whatever the case I'm putting it on, right? It's not because I like to wear the mask or, Oh, I'm you know protecting people. It's just, I, I know I need to. So I put it on. I know that this mask really isn't about protecting me per se. When I put it on, it's not about me, like me avoiding getting the virus. But when I put it on, it's about supposedly me protecting others in case I have it. Maybe I'm asymptomatic and I can spread it. So the mask is actually protecting other people from getting it from me. So that's why everyone should wear their masks because in case you have it, you don't want to spread it to anyone else. So it's not going to protect you from getting it from someone. In fact, people who have worn their masks like religiously more so than they should. And they have still gotten the virus. So that really is like, okay. <laughs> anyway, the issue I have is how quickly the narrative changed on masks. Literally through the the end of the month of March, excuse me, Dr. Fauci, the CDC, et cetera, were saying, do not wear masks. You know, surgeon general was like, stop trying to buy a mask, blah, 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 you know, like all these things, all these medical officials are saying, don't wear a mask. Government officials don't wear a mask. They were claimed that it was ineffective, but also there was, I, I remember specifically hearing this claim and at the time I was like, well, that doesn't make sense, but Oh, people shouldn't go out and buy all these masks because we need them for our doctors. And I was like, well, in the first breath, you told me that they're not effective, but now you're telling me that you need the mask for the doctors. Well, that doesn't make sense. Why would the doctors wear them if they're not effective? Okay. More on that in a second. Um, it's a head scratcher. Okay. <laughs> but I have articles from March and these are reputable sources, like everyday news sources. And these are not like far right wing or conspiratorial websites. These are, you know, political, the heel business insider, CNN, NBC, all these things that people trust. Okay where the CDC, this is March, okay, the CDC and the World Health Organization at the time not recommending masks. Then just a few days later, okay, this was like the story up until about like March 30th, March 29th or whatever. Then you start seeing a few articles like, well, the CDC may revisit the mask thing and change their mind. And then on April 3rd, the story changed that everyone needs to wear the mask in public. So in a matter of a few days, we went to being told that they're completely ineffective, so don't buy them. Right, it's not necessary to have them. To now, everyone needs to wear them, even if you're wearing just cloth masks. Anything is better than nothing. And then later, about a month later in May, the news was talking about how CDC and the H, uh, you know, WHO were like offering conflicting advice on wearing masks. So the CDC said wear them. WHO said in certain situations you don't need to wear them. Okay. So, all kinds of information come out about it. Now, this wouldn't be an issue if this was all based on a series of studies that came out showing the complete effectiveness of masks. And so, therefore, we changed our minds because now we have evidence that says that you should wear them. Okay. If that were the case, that would be fine. I would accept that as, as a reason and move on and not think anything about it. But if you look at any of the studies that have come out since March, there are many of them that are all over the place. And these are not, again, not out there wackadoodle studies. Um, so the most recent that I saw was a November 24th article from real clear science. They, um, were quoting from a, I have it down here a little bit. I'll tell you in a second, but they were quoting from a study and they had a a, a, a comprehensive review of evidence that shows that mask effectiveness is higher in lab studies than in real life. So when they study it in real, in real life, the mask is not as effective as whenever people are doing it in in, in a lab. So it shows that masks are not as effective, and suggests that you know some of the mask mandate policies should change. Masks should be only be worn in certain situations, um, and I'm not going to touch on that. But you can find this. This is the study is called the effectiveness of eight non pharmaceutical interventions against COVID-19 in 41 countries there are a lot of authors so I won't mention them because I'm not going to mention them all here but you can find it on the website is called medmedrxiv.org and this is a website that is backed by yale so yale obviously very prestigious university top of the line education there top of the line medical information there so they're backed by a very reputable source you can go in you can read the study for yourself and come to your own conclusions right it's not a conspiracy But yet, if I were to mention this in public just in passing to people, they're going to call me a conspiratorial lunatic. They're going to say, oh, you anti-masker, why do you hate people, right? Okay, that's that's one of those things that really bothers me about this. Nevertheless, despite masks not being the cure-all that the media pushes they are still relatively effective at presenting, preventing some of the threat, So I'm not going to tell anyone here to stop wearing your mask. Just because this study shows that if they're not as effective as once believed, they are still relatively effective. They're better than not wearing them, for example. So, for example, I would want you to think about a car. Okay? Now, there's no one feature in the car that is the feature that saves you in terms of a wreck. So you have... Everything from the frame that is being built to be the most safe that it can be to the materials that are being used, the airbags that are there, you have the seatbelts, so on and so forth. Each of those things go into protecting you from dying if you get into a really bad car wreck. Masks are just one piece of this whole thing, and I think you should wear them. They are like the seatbelt or the airbag, whatever you want to compare them to, right? Right. Alone, they may not be 100% effective from keeping you from getting it or from spreading it to other people, but they provide more protection than not having them. So again, wear them, please. But that's not even, that, that part isn't, isn't even the part that, that's actually what, what gets me, right? Not all the information that's changed and everything like that, but here is the kicker to all of it, okay? So remember, March, don't wear masks. April, wear masks, Okay. Now, in June, Dr. Fauci was being interviewed, and this is uh, reported by Business Insider June 15th. You can go read the article. It says this, okay? Fauci explained the early advice against masks by saying the public health community, and many people were saying this, were concerned that it was at a time when personal protective equipment, including the N95 masks, surgical masks, were in very short supply, Now, he later tried to defend this by stating that the circumstances changed and in context, it was the right thing to do and say at the time. Meanwhile, this whole thing about not recommending masks to people, right? He's saying, here's what he's saying. Okay. He's saying, we we essentially told people at, at the beginning not to get them because we did not want to run out of them for the medical community. Okay. Which is a fair point. And I'll get to that in a second. But. They lied to us. They said it wasn't effective, then it was effective. Okay, and then tried to. Now he's trying to change and say, "Well, circumstances and context." No, no, you lied. You should have just told the truth up front. So again, this at the point that he was lying to Americans, saying that they shouldn't get the the personal protective equipment. Here's what CNN was reporting. Okay, this is April 27th. They were reporting this about the previous month, March into April. Whenever we were being told mask, not effective, don't get them he said deaths across deaths across America spiked as COVID-19 began to spread. And many were never attributed to the new coronavirus. Uh, researchers reported Monday, notable increases in deaths were seen in March and early April. The team led by the Yale School of Public Health found this is especially true in New York and New Jersey states hard hit by the pandemic. The study was first reported by The Washington Post. Using data from the CDC, the team found about 15,000 excess deaths from March 1st to April 14th. During the same time, states reported 8,000 deaths from COVID 19. That's close to double. So basically, there were a lot more deaths going on during this time, right, than were being reported. And one has to sit here and think to themselves. If people were told earlier on, that masks were more effective than nothing at, at stopping the spread, how many people would have died? How many people would have contracted it? How many people would have spread it? We, if we had been told the truth from the beginning and people were allowed to wear masks, even cloths, give them some sort of protection, we might have had a different game going on here. But instead, so many deaths happened in that time that they could not even keep up with them and we had the first big spike, right? You remember seeing that, that first big spike where we're going from a flat line to suddenly like all these zigzag lines and then, you know, May, June, July come and it goes down into a dip and then it goes back up and then it goes down to a dip and back up, right? So what we have is that it appears that the first major wave, this one in, in March, where there's so many deaths, you know, double what was reported, very likely, in my opinion, was because that the government lied about the, the use of masks for everyday people. And the reason that they lied was so that way they can stockpile enough for themselves. Fauci admits that they did that. It could have been controlled then. And I think this is one of those things where if if you look at it, you might think, wow, well this was done because they wanted to further the crisis. I don't think so. I think it was really just incompetence and, I don't know, government greed um, and really probably trying to stop fearful Americans from hoarding in 95s which they were already starting to do. I mean, people were doing toilet paper and, and hand sanitizer, so why wouldn't they be hoarding masks if they thought it would save them, right? Nevertheless, nevertheless, they lied about it. It's not a good look. It angers me. So that's that's number one. What also gets me is this, number two, okay? there's this overall manipulation with data and this happens in more than just, you know, the COVID-19 thing, right? It happens with election data It happens with all kinds of things. Okay. But this manipulation of data is huge. It's across, it's across every, you know, the field here. Right now, some of the claims that have been made about some data manipulation have been disproven. Okay. For example, there was the one, um, if maybe a month or two ago, I was talking about you know ninety four percent of COVID deaths were due to something else than COVID, and that's not entirely what the actual claim was made by the CDC. The CDC said that was that COVID you know brings complications to illnesses that people already have their comorbidities right. So if you're fat, COVID makes you know all of the things that come along with being fat like high blood pressure, diabetes, whatever. It makes it worse in many cases. So. That's what they were claiming, that 94% of people who have died from this have had, yes, other comorbidities, but on their own with those comorbidities have killed them as quickly as having COVID on top of it, right? So imagine you had a heart disease or heart issues, okay? Um, COVID comes along and it worsens it to the point of death. Now, without COVID, you may have or you may have not lived longer, right? Maybe... Maybe you would have died in the same amount of time without COVID. But the thing is, we don't know. But we certainly know that because of COVID, your heart disease got worse to the point that you died. Therefore, it should count in the numbers. So that one, it was disproven, right? A lot of people were spreading that around. People were trying to say that was manipulation of data. That's not the case. Now, there are some things that are being manipulated. Right now on the news, if you look there are a lot of scary stats about ICU beds. You know, 85% of ICU beds are taken. It sounds scary, right? 85%. But what isn't stated is that this is actually normal in many, like especially more urban areas for the for the hospitals outside of COVID. And you can look at charts of previous years pre-COVID and see around the same time of year that 85%, maybe 83%, actually I I saw a few places where before COVID, the number of ICU beds being tanker were higher than 85%, which is kind of funny, but, but there are of course some rural areas, which are not, you know, usually seeing these types of numbers, the small hospitals where you have a town of 10,000 people, right? They may not see those numbers. And so they are actually overwhelmed. So yes, there are some places where they are overwhelmed and that just reflects the need of better healthcare system in the United States, especially in rural areas. The rural areas always get screwed over in everything, but especially in healthcare. But nevertheless, you know there are hospitals that I remember early on. You know, maybe it's by the summertime. I, I can't remember exact dates, but um, you know, talking about bankruptcy because they had lack of patients because everyone was staying home, no one was going out, so there were no more you know car accidents or people breaking their legs or getting sick from other illnesses or whatever. So people are staying home and hospitals are like laying off staff because they could not afford to keep anyone on because there was no money coming in because you know, COVID people didn't want to go out. So that to me is like, okay, like hospitals are really that overwhelmed or how about the military treatment, you know, area. I mean, I think there was like a ship in one area and there was like an outdoor area in another place. They shut down without treating anyone. They thought that they were going to be so overwhelmed that they built these new things and they were never used. Or how about the fact that early on CNN was caught using footage from Italy where there was a shortage of hospital beds and saying it was New York, right? So there are some things that are being very manipulated and I just gave a few examples of them. Hey guys, uh, I'm adding this in actually after the initial recording. As I was editing, I wanted to make a few more comments about the hospital bed situation. Because when you know it, as soon as I I got done recording, I went to go read the news on my phone. And I saw that I think it was Los Angeles either city or Los Angeles County. They were all out of ICU beds. So, of course, it's not just the rural areas that run out. Like some urban areas are running out as well. But it's not an entire across the U.S. like the same sort of. Ordeal going on. So I just wanted to make that clear so that way people weren't thinking that I was intentionally trying to say that this wasn't happening at all. It is happening in some places, but it's not a trend that we see in all places. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Also, in my mind, has been the fact that there have been, I don't know, maybe one or two studies that have come out recently that stated that this virus has potentially been around since. September or October of last year in places like China and Italy. Now, September is a very early day and it's probably not the case, but October, no, November, like that's, those are like actually pretty legitimate um, findings in the U.S., I believe it said that they've definitively found markers showing that there were some people who have had COVID back in December or maybe even November of last year. I forget that off the top of my head. I didn't pull up the article for this, unfortunately. Sorry about that. So, So think about that, though. A highly contagious disease was here in at least December, okay, in the U.S. That's a full month before the first official case. This is three or four months before mask mandates and shutdowns. So why didn't we have... A sudden influx of cases. Then, why didn't we have all these deaths being reported then? That just to me is like, I don't know. Scratches my head. <laughs> like I have to scratch my head about this. This is this is a little confusing. There, th- this virus is allowed to spread around the world without anyone really knowing what was going on. I don't know. It's just one of those things, but, but. Then again, maybe we actually did have it in flux of cases, but because studies show that um, eight to 12 times more people actually might have had COVID than reported because of the asymptom- asymptomatic nature of many of those cases, right? So this would significantly lower the case state re- uh, case death rate and make it far less scary. So when I think about this, you know, the fact that there could be already 100 to 150 million Americans alone that have already come in contact with COVID, survived it without any issue at all. So why aren't the leaders acknowledging this? Why aren't the politicians, whenever they're standing before cameras, a- acknowledging these, these sets of data? Why is it that they are only giving daily death rates and daily case rates? Why is it that they're only giving the really scary news instead of giving news that could maybe put some people at a little bit more ease and then start to change some of the um, mandates and some of the lockdowns to give people relief. So I, I, excuse me. I I just think, I don't know. That's one of those things that just gets with me. And so finally, the last thing that gets me a little concerned and I don't, don't shut me off, hear me out before I, so I can finish what I'm saying. Cause I don't want you to shut me off as soon as I mention this word. (laughs) Okay. Cause I will make a good point with this, but one of the things that, that does concern me is the vaccine. Now I am not anti-vax just getting that out of the way. I get my flu shot every year. I have my, my other shots up to date. Okay. But the narrative on the vaccine has changed a bit. Okay. At first, many people on social media and even prominent figures, you know, like in the news, right. Political people. They were out there saying, oh, they're refusing vaccine because it was associated with Donald Trump. And, you know, he's doing light speed thing and trying to get all these people on board to do it. And they didn't trust him. But as soon as the narrative changed and, and um you know, the news was starting to talk about vaccines in a more popular light. and Biden was starting to talk about it in a more popular light. Suddenly these people who were anti-Trump and anti-vaccine at the moment, anti-Trump vaccine, I guess, Suddenly, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the first in line to get this. You should too. <laughs> you know, like, if you're quiet, are you stupid? Like, come on, you should get it. Um, And like, everyone needs to get this vaccine or else. And I'm not even exaggerating, guys. I am not exaggerating that. There was a government minister in Britain. I think it was a health minister, obviously. But they were saying that without getting the vaccine, you're not going to have a normal life going forward. You can't buy things. You can't sell things. You can't go out, can't see people, et cetera. Okay. Brain's already like basically lost country when it comes to freedom, but this just kind of takes it over here in the U S the media has started preparing people for the assumption that like, you know, if you don't take the vaccine, your job should be able to know about it. They should get in-depth knowledge about your medical history, which seems illegal, but they should know and therefore be able to fire you if you don't get it. That's wow. (laughs) That's just, that's crazy to me. And we have health officials. Okay. People from the CDC just reported, I think it was last week. I read it. They were saying, don't pay attention to reports of vaccine injuries or deaths and go ahead and get the vaccine. Okay. And even the CEO of Pfizer, who's produced the first vaccine that's been put out, he's not got it yet. And he said, well, I'm not going to cut in line to get it. But, you know, like maybe you should be like one of the first people to get it. Say, look, I trust it enough to put in my own body. So should you, right? <laughs> you know, if you're the person who owns the vaccine, you should probably get it first to say, look, I think it's a good thing instead of saying, oh, everyone is everyone else get it. I'll get it later. That's where conspiracies come in when people see that kind of stuff. So, and you, know, like I said, I, I am pro vaccine. I fight with people all the time about vaccines online, even in personal life at work. I, you know, had a former coworker who was more or less anti-vax, not 100%. He said he wasn't anti-vax. He just had some concerns. But anyway, um, nevertheless, like we had debates about it at work. So I'm trying to show you, I am not anti-vax. I think that you and your kids should be vaccinated for various things. The, what was it? The DTAP, the one for tetanus, that vaccine saved me. I went to Guatemala on my honeymoon in 2015. We were visiting a cemetery and... It was a weird laid out cemetery. Anyway, I was going through there. There was a nail sticking out of a, I don't know, not a grave, but off of a a tombstone or whatever. And it was rusty and it cut me open. Okay. Now being in Guatemala and being cut open by a rusty nail in a cemetery screams like you're going to get tetanus, but because I had the tetanus vaccine, it saved me from like getting tetanus. So I am pro vaccine. But when people tell me that unless I get something injected in me. I won't be able to work, buy food, have a life. Well, you know what? I get a little suspicious of that. I get even more suspicious whenever I see in the news countries like Australia who had to cancel an entire order, millions of vaccines that they had ordered because the vaccine that they got gives off false HIV positive results. Whoa, <laughs> that's a big deal, right? That, that is a huge deal life-changing ordeal. And look, I'm, I'm not even speaking about the legitimately disproven conspiracy theories. Like, you know, the vaccines are going to cause infertility and all this stuff, right? I'm not talking about these things that everyone knows is a conspiracy. I'm talking about real things that have been widely reported and accepted by the news. So whenever I go through all of that, like that gives me a little bit of a pause about the vaccine. Now, if I see people going through the next few months and getting it and having no issues, I'll talk to my doctor. I'll look at the stuff and I'll probably end up getting it whenever it's available, just in order to get back to normal life. Right? I don't think it's going to be an impact on me. That's going to turn me into a brainless zombie or whatever. I am going to wait and see. I do want to make sure that I'm making the best choice for myself, medically speaking. But until then I'm going to be watching cautiously And if I see things are not going well, I'm not going to take it. And I I would not recommend other people take it if it's not going well. Right. Don't take it just because they say you have to take it, take it because it's actually going to improve your health. And you should do that with all the other vaccines. Look at their ingredients list. Some people get scared by it, but look, you can get inserts and read what they're all about. And it's, it's not scary. So please get your vaccines. So anyway, those are my concerns that I've had with this. I might have more, but they just didn't really come to me. Um, And honestly, I might get better answers for these as the months and years go on and turn these concerns into like dust. You know, they'll go away one day. And one day I may look back and say, oh, I was foolish for even saying that. But the point is, I think it's okay whenever you have questions, ask them, right? They're legitimate questions. They're based on limited information that I have or maybe even a flood of information that's contradictory. That's not wrong. People should ask questions. We should, as the Bible says, test everything. That means Investigate, ask questions, try to find answers if you have concerns, voice those concerns that that's fine. It only becomes wrong and foolish when we do not follow the evidence and we instead decide to go down these you know as I said earlier dark paths we go we're pretending we're we're not pretending we're imitating the world and we're becoming like darkness in that same case. So in this case, the dark path, obviously this path of conspiracy, these unfounded unscientific non-logical beliefs that even when provided with evidence, you hold to them because they promote a certain worldview that you want to have, okay? And and these conspiracies for for this virus, for this whole situation, you know, it is the belief that the government, or at least a government, has deliberately created and released the virus for some reason, okay? So now we're going to look at the motivations behind this. We're going to look at the actual conspiracy and say, what are some of the motivations? So I think that there are probably two main categories that I can put the motivations in. The first is something along the lines of like, you know, they're poisoning the people or it's some sort of population control. In other words, the government or the Illuminati or Bill Gates, they created the virus. Um, They want to see a massive depopulation of the planet for whatever reason. Now, I think that this seems unlikely as if you are under the age of what, 70, you have a pretty amazing chance of surviving the virus. So if this is going to be a world depopulating event, it's probably the like least best virus to ever release, like release a very communicable virus version of Ebola or something like instead of COVID-19. Like It's not killing the number of people that you want to have a worldwide depopulation event. So I don't think that's the virus itself was created for that. Okay. Um, now, some people might say, well, maybe it's not the virus. They just wanted to just scare you with the virus. So they get you with the vaccine. Now the vaccine, that's where the poison is. Okay. Well, why, why would they want to kill off X amount of people with a vaccine? And wouldn't they assume that after a certain amount of people died from the vaccine, that everyone else would refuse to take it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> And, and think about it, these like tech and, and pharmaceutical elites, you know, these people who are, are making these things, they're losing a profit each time someone dies because now these people are not around to be treated for other diseases they may get in the future. And the government, if they're the ones that are doing it, well, they're losing their tax base each time that someone dies. That does not make sense. <laughs> Why would they want to kill off their cash cow? The government gets a lot of money from us. These elite business type people, they get a lot of money from us. Why would they want to kill us off when they would not get money from us? It just doesn't make sense. Now, how would you get also all of the scientists, doctors, nurses, vaccine producers, et cetera, to sign on to this mass murder? Would there not be one person who would have a, you know, a change of heart, uh, and, and decide to blow the whole thing open. But honestly, look, you don't even have to ask these questions. We just have to wait a, a few weeks or a couple of months. Let the first rounds of the vaccine go through and see how many people drop dead. If it's thousands of people dropping dead, then maybe you have something right. But I think that you'll see that there'll be a few people who die. That happens normally. Unfortunately, vaccines are not 100% you know, safe and 100% effective. Like that just is the way things happen. Um, Right. But I think overall, you'll see that the vast majority, 99% of people will survive the vaccine and will have antibodies to resist the virus. It will be good to go. So I think that the population control theory or, you know, killing off everyone. It's just a completely insane and debunked idea at this point. Like, I mean, honestly, by the end of the year, by, by January first, we'll have the final nail in that theory because we'll have had enough time for people to go through a few weeks of having this vaccine and not die. So yeah, crazy if you believe that. <laughs> so then, what might be the other reason? Okay. The other category that I find is category that's I don't know, maybe forced compliance or like control over people. In other words, the government or whoever else, right, they're planting a chip inside of you to monitor or control you, or they're doing it all, all of this virus stuff to prepare you for some future event to control you through it, right? This is just a test run. Okay, so first question, microchips. A lot of people are scared of microchips because they see, oh, well, the... Vaccine has a microchip put onto it whenever people what's well, actually not a microchip. but it's onion. It is. It's RFID but Basically, the whole idea is that when you get a shot It like says when and where someone gets a shot it doesn't inject anything into you. It's in the actual Needle itself like at the top of it. it's not anywhere near the injection site <laughs> so I feel weird even having to describe this anyways, um, but why would they Why would they need to put a microchip inside of you to monitor you or to control you? Okay, think about this. They already have access to your phone. They have access to your web browser, your browsing history. They know what bad sites you go to. They've seen your emails. They've read your text messages. They know your social media accounts. They can track you already without you ever knowing it. They can do that. And honest, and <laughs> this is the scary one right here. Like, you think I'm making this up? You can go look it up. According to WikiLeaks documents, documents that were taken from the government, I think it was the CIA C- documents, perhaps. Anyway, or NSA documents, I can't remember. But, anyways, there were documents released by WikiLeaks. And in them, they discuss how the government can even go into your device, your computer, your cell phone, whatever, hack into it which would normally leave a trace for like people. Like if I were to hack into something, someone would be able to find a trace that I hacked into that thing. Okay. But they can hack into it, plant something on your device and make it look like you were the one that downloaded that device, that, that something, and then erase all traces of them ever coming. And so it, you could never tell that this thing was planted on you. Okay. So the government already has all this ability to do things to track you or to control you or to destroy your life or whatever the case is. Right. So it just doesn't make sense that they're going to give you a vaccine to do this. I mean, wouldn't they have already done that maybe in other vaccines whenever we're babies? I mean, wouldn't it make sense instead of trying to get all these adults later in life who can put up a fight instead like giving it to babies and then controlling them that way as they go through life. Like, like come on think about it but now the second part of this is that people claim that it could be a a test it's an experiment for some future event that they're going to run who knows what it is going to be when it is going to be but this is just a test for that to see how compliant the population will be and honestly I think that's the most likely out of these conspiracy theories to be true, but that doesn't mean that I think it's true. I think it's just the most likely. And the reason I think that is that earlier, right? I mentioned that there was new information that came out about the virus using masks and all these other things, right? And leaders have not changed a thing of how they're handling the virus despite the CDC and the world health organization saying that lockdowns are not like the actual good way to fight the virus. Governors across the U S have done just that they've locked down. They've gone against the recommendations, even though they're saying, Oh, look, I'm, uh, I'm doing what science says. They're, they're not, they're disobeying the science and doing this thing. Right. So like, I can see maybe this being a test run for future things. Like it possibly could be right. Very unlikely, though. And here's here's why. I don't think that this virus or the vaccine or anything else related to it was specifically created for the purpose of creating compliance to government orders. I think it's actually kind of reversed there. I think that orders that are coming around from the governors, they're they're more... You know, it's, it's like the elites, they're taking advantage of the situation. Kind of like whenever I was talking about 9-11, how the government took advantage about the public's belief about Saddam Hussein being connected to 9-11. Like they started using it after they saw that the majority of the public believed that. Before then, they weren't using it, right? And I think that's the same sort of thing that's going on here. I think that the government is just like, okay, well, you know, people are willing to go get locked down, so I'm going to take advantage of that. so but i'll I'll speak of that in a few few more minutes um but as far as the idea of needing the virus or some of chemical some sort of chemical in the vaccine like mind control or compliance i think i think it's bunk look guys as a as a country when we look at our country we're already a pretty compliant people you know we we celebrate our history as being like rebellious people against you know england and we you know rebelled over small taxes and everything like but Look at us now. We're very compliant people. We have these TSA checkpoints, regular abuse of our, our constitutional rights. We have the stale two-party system that managed to stay in power, even though everyone hates it. And that's because as Americans, we are pretty compliant to what's there, what what's in place. We're just like, eh, well, well, you know, okay. As long as I get to go home and watch the next episode of Bachelor and have my McDonald's and play on my cell phone and you know, whatever, like, yeah, whatever they do, they do. <laughs> right. I, I, we don't need to have some sort of virus crisis in order to strike fear into us to, to make us compliant. Think about the mask, right? We have already adopted an 80% use rate without much of a fight. Yeah. There are some crazies who you see on YouTube videos who are like, Oh, freedom This China virus. You know what? <laughs> those guys are funny like the milk the the male version of the karens i don't know what you call them the kevin's or i don't know whatever but anyways those i think those guys are the funniest because it, it like the the karens who complain about wearing the mask like they're okay but you expect karens to complain anyway but the guys who are like with their oh this is a miracle you know that whole thing like oh man those are the funniest ones and they always just give up when you're like oh whatever i'm going home i'm not going to shop here ever again they're they're there next week with the mask on doing it, right like people are ready complying to it without putting up much of a fight. This shows to me that compliance has already been beat into us a long time ago. And I'm not sure when that was. I mean, I, I don't know. We can talk about that on another episode. Um, So I have to ask the question then, like, why would we like, why would the government crash the economy and cause hundreds of thousands of death in order to create something that already exists? That doesn't make any sense. Like they're, they're increasing the debt. They're lowering tax revenues. They are killing off people so that way they can get something that they already have. Like that makes no sense at all. <laughs> so, and you know, you know the people who <laughs> maybe side point here, but um, the people who usually claim some of these conspiracies are are, are pro Trump a lot of times. Like they're pro Trump and they're like well, this is just the pandemic and trying to get Trump out of office. And the funny thing is that he's been in power the entire time of this happening. And he's been the one like spearheading, like the vaccine to come out and everything like that. So like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, like, how? why are you one hand supporting your guy? On the other hand, saying that this is a conspiracy. And, and then on, on the other hand, like, even if you're anti-Trump, the fact that you support Biden, he's going to, Ramp up the response to COVID. You're not logically consistent either. I don't know. Like, I'm, I was about to go off on a whole other rant on that, but it just it doesn't make sense to me, guys. Like, it, the motivations do not make sense. But you know what I find much more plausible in a much more likely situation? Okay, listen to me. This virus came out of nowhere. The people in charge of our health systems, of our government, all this, not as ready for something to happen as they thought they would be. They weren't getting information from China because China was hiding information. That further hampered any sort of planning or investigation about what was happening. Then we had lots of partisan bickering in the US that, you know, stopped us from shutting down the country faster. Um, preventing people from coming in from certain countries where the virus was high because it was being called racist or whatever. Right. That was going on. You had the government. They realized it was too late to act. Now virus was here, had a foothold. It was spreading rapidly. What did they do? They gave us false information so that way they could take time to stockpile their own supplies. After all, they had seen how we had hoarded toilet paper and sanitizer, and they did not want that for the PPE. They wanted to have the PPA for their first responders, for the military, for the National Guard, for the doctors, etc right? Things got out of hand really quick, and so they just went into oh crap mode. And because of their incompetence, and that's what this is it's not a conspiracy, it's incompetence. This virus spread quickly, and because of their incompetence, the elderly suffered extra hard because they were putting these people in nursing homes to die. Basically that yeah, man just, it angers me. And you know what? Because of their incompetence, these people, they're not going to be held accountable for this. Anyway, I'm going to get angry about that. Okay. Um But because of, they didn't want to admit, admit the guilt to their incompetence. they used, numbers, especially from the elderly to kind of justify the lockdowns for the rest of us. And instead of looking at the most compromised and taking care of them, they decided to hurt everyone equally. And I think many of these leaders realized it was better to take this approach of, well, I'm going to do things too hard rather than too soft, because it's better to say, well, look, you know, yeah, things were hard, but I did what I had to do to save lives. And in fact, people are saying that right now because it's better to say that instead of being asked, well, why didn't you do more? Well, I care about freedom. People are not going to care about that, right? As much as people in this country claim to be about freedom, if you use that as an excuse of like, I didn't lock down because I care about freedom and the science said otherwise, they're going to be like, well, my mom died. and They're going to be pissed at you. So it's better to say, well, everyone has to lock down, stay at home indefinitely until whenever. <laughs> and, and, and while claiming to listen to science they actually ignore most of it well not most of it but they ignore very inconvenient pieces of it another to in order to justify their doing something right and this only hurts more people and then also we have to look at the fact that you know some of the leaders that we have in this country they are wannabe dictators and they have taken advantage of this crisis to increase their power locally It's better for them if people are not out in the streets complaining about things, right? Now, I don't think that when you look at it from that perspective, that this suggests a top-level secret conspiracy to alter the world for this or that supposed reason. Instead, it really looks like much of human history. Humans acting like humans, doing illogical things based on limited information, and for the public image instead of doing what is actually correct. They wanted to look good instead of doing the right thing. This is why, really, at the end of the day, I'm not a pandemic conspiracist. Conspiratist? Uh, What's the word? I'm not a conspiracy theory when it comes to the pandemic. I'm a realist. I've seen how people have reacted and acted, not only in my life, but throughout history, and I think that this fits in with how people are. Now, I do have a, a quick bit here, and I'm probably going to get a little bit heated here, and I am sorry for that, but this this really has to be said. There are additional motivations I want to look at, and these are from the viewpoint of those who are alleging conspiracy. And again, I think this there's two camps that you can put these people into. The first is political, and the second is what I call woo medicine. Okay, for the political camp... Everything for them is red versus blue. Democrat versus Republican, left versus right. Everything is a political fight for them, okay? So COVID, it's political. If Hillary Clinton had been in power during COVID, everyone who is supporting Trump right now would be against Hillary if she'd done the same things, right? We just know that. They are what Paul said in the earlier message to, I think it was Titus. They are the divisive man who is corrupt and sinful and self-condemned. They only want to sow discord for political reasons. And we know this, because like I said, if the shoe were on the other foot, they would be very willing to take positions that they're now fighting against. For example, Trump put on a mask before that. Millions of Trumpers did not put on a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. As soon as Trump put on a mask, millions, millions of those people decided to wear a mask. They're followers, right? I think that they're blinded by the demon of partisanship. It's terrible. Now, this other group, however, I think is much more wicked just my opinion. And this is the medical woo community. Okay. These are the ones who have for a long time fought against any and every sort of, you know, vaccine and modern medicine and modern science. They claim it's poison. It causes cancer, or you know, even worse than death. It causes autism, right? Or whatever the boogeyman is, despite most of the evidence proving them wrong, they hold these claims. They hold on to maybe one or two studies that have been proven wrong decades ago. I'm looking at you, Andrew Wakefield. It is no coincidence that many of the people that are famous for these conspiracies also happen to be prominent in the business of selling alternative medicine. These are the healing rocks, the essential oils, chiropractors, acupunctures, um, homeopathic medicines, so on and so forth. Many of them also make money off of you know, certain diets that try to balance your pH or give you chemical-free items with easy-to-pronounce ingredients. That was the thing for, what's the lady's name, food babe. Oh, don't eat anything that you can't pronounce. You know, Say it's all natural, yada, yada, yada. Okay, The problem with all of this is it's, it's snake oil. They're hucksters. They're fraudulence. They cannot prove their claims in a court of law. They cannot prove it in a science lab. They cannot do it. So because they cannot prove it in the court of law or in the science lab, they have to take it to their blogs. A lot of times it's seen like mommy blogs, especially they have to take it to YouTube videos and they use the same typical tactics as other frauds, asking leading questions and simplifying things to really take away. uh, You know, it just, if you you can tell, I'm I'm pretty pissed about this, (laughs) about this. Okay. Um, these people, what they what they are selling really is no more reliable than reading a horoscope in the, in the newspaper. Right? You read the horoscope, half the time it, it could be for anybody. It's not reliable. It's not meant for you. It's meant for most people that can read it. And you know, and they actively get people to forego. This is part that really pisses me off. They forego proven medical help in favor of this medical woo gimmick. They accuse like you know, big pharma. They want to keep you sick and make money off you and blah, blah, blah. You know what? They're doing the same thing to you. Have you ever wondered why people go to the chiropractor every few weeks to get readjusted? It never gets fixed. You have to keep going and spending hundreds of dollars or your insurance spends hundreds of dollars. It's a fraud. It, they don't fix anything. It, it, at the most, it temporarily relieves the pain until the pain comes back. Now, last year, I had terrible pain in my hip for weeks. I took some medicine. It didn't really work for me. So I went to a physical therapist with a real medical degree and got real medical advice. And guess what? I was healed of my pain. I don't have it anymore. I don't have to keep going to the physical therapist every few weeks, spending a few hundred bucks out of my pocket to get get realigned or whatever. She gave I saw her two times in, in person, and then she gave me a list of exercises that I could do at home stretches. I did them and guess what it went away i didn't have to go to like ten sessions of acupuncture or whatever and this group of these this medical woo group is particularly dangerous because they suck in so many Christians i don't know what it is, but especially Christian women get sucked into this and i i i don't mean to sound sexist, but it's just something that i 've noticed it's Especially prevalent, stay at home mothers of the Christian community, they are really sucked into it. And the thing is, these people, they're using meta- metaphysics, they're using Eastern religion. It's occult. It's occultic, guys. This is from Satan. It is both spiritually and physically harmful to you. So, this is my advice don't listen to them. They have a motivation to lie to you and to get your money while claiming that other people are doing that. We can 100, absolutely, 100% prove them wrong. Okay? Don't believe me? Go look up the origins of of the chiropractor medicine, okay? Go see how it was associated with the occult. Go watch the now-deceased James Randi, famous skeptic, drink an entire bottle of medicine, which would have killed him if it was real medicine, but it was homeopathic medicine. It's fake medicine that they sell to people. He took an entire bottle of sleeping pills and it should have killed him. He survived it. And he only died of old age just recently, right? <laughs> so the proof is there. These people are leading you astray with their medical woo. They have motivation to lie to you about vaccines, about all kinds of things. And these are the ones who are the hardest, like the hardest, I don't know, proponents of of, of some sort of COVID-19 pandemic thing. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm starting to rant now and I'm getting hot and like irritated by this medical woo is like my number two on my list of things that really pissed me off. Number one would have been ancient aliens, which I discussed last time. <laughs> number two is medical woo. And I don't know, maybe I'll find a number three in the near future, but yeah. So please research these things. Talk it over with a myriad of people, including your trusted medical providers. Look at the evidence, look at the motives. Does it take, doesn't make sense. Not likely, right? I think we could safely say that this was a unplanned than a planned That movie, stupid. What kind of document? It's not a planned-demic. Okay. Anyway, I'm about to end this episode, but I have a few new things of note for you, okay? I'm going to release one episode next week before Christmas, and then I'm going to take a break into the new year. So next week, I am going to talk about the reason for the season, The Birth of Jesus. In the new year, I have planned a few topics. Um, so these are what I'm planning out right now. And I'll hopefully have dates for these up and we're going to get on a more normal schedule for them. But, anyways, here are the topics, okay? We'll talk about the supernatural and paranormal. It's kind of the same line of conspiracies, but it's going to be fun because I have a lot more fun stories with that. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the end times according to the Bible. We'll talk about sex. Ooh la la. And like a good Protestant, I will also address the Roman Catholic Church. And there's going to be so much more, guys. It's a new year. I'm looking forward to it. Really want to get this podcast, you know, out the door into people's homes and you know start spreading the word and uh, having fun with it. You know, I'm looking out for you guys. I want you guys to be thinking about life in a different way. That's why this is called reform everything. One reform your thinking. One reform my thinking. I want us to think about truth in a different way, in the right way, the way that God wants us to think about it. Okay. Um, Now, in the meantime, as we're on break, go back, watch some of my other content, give me some advice on what I could change because I want to be at my top game. You know, I want to provide the best quality content for you people out there that are listening and to get more people hooked on and and so on. Right. Also, look for me on Facebook and Instagram. I have accounts there underneath Reform Everything. I'm going to try to be much more involved with those going forward. So yeah, that's, those are kind of the notes moving forward. So until next time, may the peace of the Lord be with you during this Advent season. Bye.